What is going on people and welcome back to another episode of Is A Hot Dog A Sandwich? Topics for today. Would you rather be the number one athlete in the world at the top of your game or be the biggest performer in the world? Is gentrification destroying our sense of community, humanity and societal identity? And which big company would you like to see collaborate with your favourite clothing brand? Let's get into it. How you doing, E? Oh, you remember this time. Well what, done. What, what, what? Remember last episode when you didn't ask me how I was doing? Oh, so, I didn't ask you or Franco. Or uh, Franco. Or our special guest. There was no <laughs> friendliness uh, there. But thank you very much for asking. I'm, I'm doing really well. Um, great weekend as always. Seeing the parents, seeing the folks, hanging out, uh, going to the Tate Modern. What about yourself? Uh, a fantastic weekend as well because fortunately I was blessed to, to be joined by your fantastic guests who we've had on the show and who have been incredible. And you went to see June, didn't you? I did go to see June. Uh, it's my second time seeing it and it, it gave me a better understanding of the direction, the creative vision and the storytelling. I still think it's a bit slow. I think okay. they could have got more story out of it, but it's beautiful. It's a cinematic masterpiece. Ooh, that's high praise. But we're we're, we're we're going to go see uh, Eternals this week. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for that. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, that one's going to be um, crazy. I've seen quite a few good, like, positive reviews for it. Bro, this is this is the movie of the year for me. This is like, <laughs> this needs to be good. Because if it's not good, the whole year gets a gets an F rating from me. On the movies, whole year? On movies, on movies. <laughs> it's a movie like 2020. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 2020 had bad boy movies, you know, from my recollection. <laughs> I'll have to go back and have a look at that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, should we get into these questions? Yes. We'll Fantastic. Do. So first question of the day, and we'll, we'll start with you, is would you rather be the number one athlete in the world at the top of your game, or would you rather be the biggest performer in the world? Whatever our creative outlook it is, but the biggest performer in the world. So for me, this has got to be the number one athlete. Um, and... Uh, this is across any sport i'd be happy to kind of do that i think being the best of your game being knowing that you wherever you step uh, whichever arena that you step into that you're just going to dominate you're just going to own it you've been doing this for years on years and you have that dominance you are the pinnacle of whichever sport um that you choose whether it is uh running the 100 meters whether it is being the most dominant rugby player american football player i know from a money monetary perspective american football soccer um is probably the most ideal but like there are so many amazing sports out there imagine being the best archer in the world or one of the best shooters in the world that pinpoint accuracy yeah. um what about you what are you thinking first of all I, you mentioned one there that would feel ridiculously good is being the fastest 100 meters because yeah. you could like you say walk into any room and someone could disagree with you and you'd be like bet I'll race you for it do you know what I mean and no matter what happens you'll be like okay cool come catch me you know you can do something really cheeky and mischievous oh, no and then doubt. you're gone no one's catching you yeah. it's a wrap if you can flex like Usain and Usain Bolt has been flexing that for time because he deserves it yeah, yeah. Like, who's going to say anything to him nobody so yeah I'm with you it's, uh, it's a fantastic ability to physically and mentally hold capabilities that you know yeah. categorically nobody in the world can match you on and that, that ego boost that it would give me would be crazy but having said that Ooh. having said that i'm gonna go with uh, to be uh, like the top performer in the world mm. and the reason why is because i think the outcome can be so much more versatile yeah. than the sport if you're the number one athlete in your sport that is what you are right uh you can do other things like LeBron James has been done Space Jam and we've seen other people have their own brands. Uh, some people do some really in, in interesting things. But if you are the number one performer in the world, like let's say the number one rapper in the world, yeah. you can do so many other things and you're in the public eye in a very different space. Mm -hmm. I think 
athletes, and disrespectfully so, are very limited by the public's uh, perception of them. Yeah. Sometimes to enforce bigotry. Like, for example, when um, LeBron James was told to shut up and dribble, right? Oh, yeah. Because the, the world, and that is, that is supported by, by racist rhetoric, right? But there is something that limits athletes just because everybody sees them do this one thing and thinks they're experts on this one yeah. thing. Whereas I think... Uh, creative performers are given mm. a little bit more license to branch out that's true like you see uh, artists like dave like dave act mm. and do writing and write shows and direct shows and yeah. produce shows i got one word for you go on shack shaquille o'neal shaquille o'neal <laughs> that man big shack <laughs> <laughs> that man does anything and everything whatever he chooses to he's been on all of the shows he you could catch him on shark tank sitting on, on one of the, the tables there you could i wouldn't be surprised if he just showed up on britain's got talent showed yeah. up in your favorite movie yeah. uh, because he created that character for himself and i think i like that i like the flexibility yeah. of it i could go into that route or i could just settle for being the best i could just be a roger federer or i could go and make a change in the world and help uh, inspire little girls all over the world like serena williams yeah. it is that uh, the influence that you can achieve through sport equally as you can achieve through being the greatest performer in the world if michael jackson said something to anyone i remember um i think zach efron yeah. recently told a story of um high school musical and when he was just coming out and he received a call from michael jackson who at first didn't realize who it was but <laughs> upon recognition he was like this is an amazing feeling isn't it yeah. and zach efron said he broke down into tears because that was his idea Icon. and that was a person who inspired him to become the man he he is today yeah um who seems to be quite lovely yeah I, i'm a big fan of zach efron i remember and you'll remember the actual artist and this is just a completely different thing but when zach efron was doing his last uh, press tour for one of his movies he did like a highlight reel from london oh dig a d and then people all over uh, yeah. london especially were like what? What is Zac Efron doing? Having so that's incredible. And I, I like the the reference that you made to to, to Shaquille O'Neal. Mm -hmm. You know, owning uh, Papa John's outlets and stuff like that, <laughs> and doing the thing that he did, where he challenged big sneaker companies mm -hmm. and made the the Shaq Dunks and and those shoes like that because he he challenged a whole idea that you've got to spend loads of money to be able to play sports Absolutely. and to have sports shoes and things like that and he sold i think over 13 million shack dunks numbers for like 25 dollars yeah. and he's never changed the price and that's incredible uh and i think the same could be said about athletes being inspirational i find athletes more inspiring to me than i find performers but that's mm. because i've always had an athlete's mindset yeah i think that historically performers no uh, athletes were within this box of just play just play your sport and stuff like that mm -hmm. but as we've seen particularly this year with the england team for example we've had a group of uh, fantastic players and it's not only the black players but the whole team has been incredibly supportive um, in their fight and campaigns against racism as well as bolstered by an incredible manager in gareth southgate mm -hmm. uh, which almost created this world cup um, not world cup sorry <laughs> euros i wish world cup maybe next year um euros winning squad who have all gone on to push for further things. You've got Rashford, who's doing amazing work with the community, yeah. feeding children. Whereas performers had historically done that. They were often associated, a lot of performers are associated with various charities around the world, yeah. uh, particularly when you think of comic relief in the UK. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I think that's, that's something that athletes are slowly getting the opportunity to, to like be their own identities outside of their teams, outside of their sports. Mm. Whereas, like you said, musicians in particular and songwriters, yeah they literally use their talent to send those kind of messages. Mm -hmm. And there have been some really powerful songs made that have been picked up as songs of revolution. Your favourite mm -hmm. artist has, has done this. And, um, and I think this is, 
something so much easier done because you don't have to be subtle about it. You don't have to work outside of what you're doing. As a, as a, as a songwriter or as a writer, you can just create something with the message you want to share and then say that message. Yeah. Whereas athletes have to go and win a game and then in like after they've won the game or whatever, they then have to talk about it or then have to think. And it's not their main thing. So I think there's that challenge there to really make a, an impact. But you see it in, in players like uh, DJ Drogba yeah. who actively halted a civil war because of his words. And I think something like that is... is is possible from any any standpoint. It's interesting that uh, we both saw it from ability to impact on the wider world yeah. rather than just being the uh, the top of your game. It's about how you can impact other people's lives, which is a very interesting take. Yeah, and I think uh, that's a perfect spot to move on to the next question, which is also about how we see ourselves within this world and how mm. we see the world changing. And that question is, is gentrification destroying our sense of community, humanity, and societal identity? Ooh, it's a you, deeper question. Yeah, would you like to kick us off on that Yeah, one? I think so. I think I'll, I'll go for it. And I, I have to start this out by saying, I'm from Lewisham. I love Lewisham every single day of my life. Lewisham has been known to be uh, maybe a poorer area, an area that is currently in the process of gentrification. Mm -hmm. uh, and the whole of South London, it feels like, is slowly being gentrified and put into this bucket of, of what some people would call growth and other people would be calling the gutting of culture and yes. the people who already lived there, mm -hmm. which we've seen in, in places like, like Brixton or Peckham or, or Shoreditch. Or Shoreditch yeah. Yeah. Uh, and these places, the reason why they're so powerful is because, is because of the people who built, who built that, that community and that space. And a lot of the time, gentrification is associated with just skimming the top. Yeah. So seeing the what they would call the nice restaurants, mm -hmm. hearing the music and, and smelling the smells of food that maybe they're not used to mm -hmm. without going deeper and actually being involved in the community that built them, being involved in the place and the people that built those spaces. And he said, just taking that top surface essence, taking that and using it for monetary gain, using it to, to build fancy new flats, using it to take financial control of a space mm -hmm. without giving anything back. I, I guess that's what gentrification is associated to me yeah i think it's a bit more nuanced than that i think there are some times when it, it can be seen as bringing more people together and it definitely opens up the world to some people mm. but it definitely shuts the world out to some other people. yeah in in an ideal world gentrification would look like investment into a community into those the the organizations that are already within that community yeah. and shops with already already in that community in order to to build them up to give them let's say business advice mm. um to transform how the area looks and appears um it, this this thing of kind of like broken glass theory if somewhere looks like a bit run down there's rubbish in the streets people are more likely to litter people are more likely yeah. to commit crime people are more likely to steal things um whereas if you started even at the bottom the basic cleaning up an area making it look nice making it presentable people start to build a sense of pride there are a number of estates um, there's not a particular one that comes to mind across south london that were designed with people in mind and creating spaces um that people can be proud of um Often this includes kind of enabling people to have a small garden space, an area where they can grow plants. And when you start growing plants, you kind of you walk down a nicer street where you can smell these these wonderful scents. And neighbors are trading. Oh, I've got some apples off my tree. Here's have some apples. And you start to build that that sense of community. Yeah. Whereas uh, conversely, you get situations like uh, Notting Hill Carnival, where it was founded as a, as a symbol of black revolution and blackness in the UK uh, for a number of people that had migrated. Uh, the Windrush generation uh, and we see time and time again these areas Brixton Notting Hill which have been built up by black people who have been given this culture that is so appealing to uh, 
the the world um, and is so heavily kind of visited and get so many tourists coming in is then uh, just oh it's not it's not so nice it's not so friendly around here because of stuff like policing poor policing in the area yeah. um, and decreasing funding within those areas because of X Y Z and making assumptions about the people in those areas yeah yeah I <laughs> yeah it's hard to really support gentrification in any way really <laughs> when we've seen it from the lens that we see it from yeah I think I watched a video on how to design a happy city. And I'm very much into the design of city. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that you notice about these fantastic areas like Shoreditch, Peckham, Brixton, Lewisham, is you see, for the most part, you see life happening. It goes back to what you were talking about, having like garden spaces where neighbours can interact. You see life. You have balconies where like people are, and close balconies, not these big old buildings where balconies go off and you can't really see anyone, but these balconies which are close. And you can almost talk to your neighbour from, from balcony to balcony. And you see life happening, you see community happening, you see this happening. And what happens is they take that beautiful thing where people are interacting constantly yeah. and they say, oh no, people don't want that, people want privacy. And I think this is a bigger discussion that we'll talk about at another time, which okay. is potentially gentrification could be good if it was socialist gentrification as opposed to capitalist gentrification. But that's a conversation about <laughs> that. Um, but what they're doing is they're taking that sense of community, that sense of connectedness, neighbours offering things off their trees, going around asking for sugar. Mm. And then change that to, oh no, we want to bring people in here and we want them to have privacy. Yeah. And I know privacy for a lot of people is seen as a necessity, right? Mm. Safety, things like that. But with that privacy comes disconnection. Mm. And I think there's a larger picture there that with that gentrification comes disconnection to the people who originally made the place why it was desirable. And when gentrifying, when building, when supporting your goals to financially gain from a place like this, mm. need to consider when you're doing something like that, are you one, disconnecting from the culture that was already there? Two, are you disconnecting from the people that were already there? And three, are you disconnecting everyone from each other when you build in these spaces? Yeah, there's there are a lot of uh, examples popping up. I think Battersea is a really good example, a strong example of this, where you have these private investors spending vast amounts of money, for example, in and around the Battersea Power Station. Yeah. And in London, there is a, a an agreement by which any private investors must create a percentage of public and social housing yep. um oftentimes you'll see uh this private investment land uh is almost segregated it is segregated oh, yeah, into exactly. this uh, private community in which you may have like a, a nice you might have the concierge and you'll have these like fabulous golden letter boxes that, yeah. that look fancy and amazing and then the these, these public areas or the, the social areas for social housing yeah. um are essentially kind of a one door you might have a buzzer to get in yeah. um sometimes people can just walk in then you'll have not so nice letter boxes and this Time and time again, for example, with Battersea, Battersea Power Station, yeah. um, they split off a percentage of this to invest into a new station mm -hmm. in the area. So that meant, as opposed to, I think, around 33% um, of the area being social housing, they got it down to 9% so they could sell and make as much profit as possible. And here is another example of, oh, we can build this area, but let's keep out the, the riffraff. Yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen a TikToker talking about exactly that thing. And we will, we will try to connect that TikTok video and that TikToker to this uh, podcast somewhere wherever we can because I think they talk about it really really well and yeah. show in the TikTok exactly what's going on yeah. what you've described there uh, yeah if I'm honest down with, down, down with gentrification in its current <laughs> form because boy it is doing no good for, for the people who, who deserve to have that space and deserve to live where they've always lived yeah I think we, we follow up maybe in a couple of weeks with a conversation about what good gentrification could look like yeah if and, at and all any examples in globally yeah. where we've seen financial institutions and government work with community to build 
fantastic spaces for everybody involved. Yeah. yeah? That sounds um, good. Fantastic. And now on to the final question of the day, which the is a bit more of a Final question. Um, and finally, kind of, we were going, we were kind of just shooting at capitalism. We're now kind of going to kind of lend into our capitalistic uh, creative sides as well. Here. <laughs> okay. And the, the, the question is, which big company, which big conglomerate would you like to see collaborate with your favourite clothing brand? I've got Ooh. two examples here just to kind of rattle off so people can see in their minds and even Google what we're talking about. And the first one is Adidas and Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. They did a collab <laughs> last year, two years ago. Yeah. They tried to make shoes that then represented like Goku, Freezer and all that. And they were dead, in yeah, my opinion. I remember the, the I think it was the Freezer yeah. NMDs and they were like purple and green. But they weren't, they weren't It didn't make sense. And no. I don't like, think the NMDs as like a, as a uh, template no. um, really, really suit. It was not, yeah. it was not a great look and I definitely didn't buy it. Yeah, no, but some Freezer Air Max 90s though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nike, talk to me. And then uh, the next and second example is Clarks and Marvel. Did you see this? I did not see so the Clarks and Marvel. when Black Panther came out, yeah. uh, they brought out some shoes and the, 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 the collab wasn't massive. They didn't do crazy colours like Adidas tried to do with the, the Dragon Ball Z thing. Yeah. They took characters and they maybe had the imprint of their logo or their name somewhere on a clock. That's cool. It, yeah. They had to, uh, some kid options which were a little bit more out there and you had like the Black Panther like shoe that almost had like the, the mask on the tongue of the shoe and it looked cool for kids shoes. Yeah. Um, but it was a much more subtle version of doing this this brand collaboration. And so, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm really trying to think of like which pairing uh, like with you got some ideas yeah, yeah, yeah. do you want to hit me with some ideas so so the first that i've got a few so i'm gonna go with the first one right now but this is not my main one okay but i i wanted to i want to to shout out i think uniqlo and uh, seek, uniqlo do some good collaborations and seek discomfort yeah now seek discomfort is already a clothing brand yeah but anybody who knows seek discomfort check it out because i don't got that thing tattooed on me so you know <laughs> i keep that dang on but um <laughs> <laughs> seek discomfort uh, do really simple clothing for the most part yeah. you're actually wearing some seek discomfort clothing right now it's um, fantastic and very simple and you look wonderful in it may I say sir uh, but yeah Uniqlo do really simple clothing mm. as do seek discomfort and I think the the messaging and the, the branding of seek discomfort do a really good job of, of simply talking to the consumer whereas Uniqlo do very good simple clothing as far as they'll do like a a base colour and then mm. really comfortable materials. And I think combining the two would be great. Now, I haven't given you much room to work with because they are two clothing brands. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what are your thoughts? I... Oh, this is literally probably a point where I'm going to cut out and just yeah. take yeah, 20 seconds to, to think of something. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it, the reason the reason why, um, why I asked this is because I was... I remember seeing the Travis Scott McDonald's uh, collab recently and that was that wasn't a clothes collab it was a food collab where Travis Scott had his own meal and there were like three or four people who've now done it I think Saweetie had one as well I might be wrong it might have been somewhere else Meg's got one as well Meg right? yeah Meg's got like hot sauce now and <laughs> hot wings and all that because she's a hardy. Um and so yeah it just made me, made, me, made me think and actually I'm looking at a box of milk duds right now and the branding on these milk duds are so cool for anybody listening if you're not driving or busy and you can access Google or some other search engine. Just look up the Milk Duds logo and imagine that on a black hoodie because genuinely I might have to talk to Milk Duds about this because it's fire. Um, but my second my second option, the second one I'm going to go for is oh. Nike and Lego. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's <laughs> interesting. My, as my idea is forming, I'll, yeah, keep yeah. going, keep going. Cool. So for me, Lego are the 
ultimate customizers in the game, right? Yeah. You can go into a Lego store right now. You go to Lego, the Lego store in Leicester Square, just off Piccadilly Circus, and you can build yourself as a character. You can go in and choose the pieces that you would put as yourself as a Lego character. That's cool. Right? And with Nike, you have Nike for you, previously known as Nike ID, or Nike by you. And what you can do there is customize Air Forces, customize uh, Jordans, customize Dunks, other mm. things. And I think bringing those two customization things together would be yeah. fantastic. So you could go into a Nike store or a Lego store and you could create this Lego branded Nike product. Okay. I think the branding of Lego, the simple kind of big font logo yeah. right on a Nike hoodie would That's look cool. so Lego's got some great colors. This is a great brand. Right. And I genuinely think Lego is one of the best brands in the world for branding and creativity and combining them with Nike who are known for high quality uh, materials, high quality products. I think it, I think it's a match made in them. Yes. Oh, for sure. So this two, these two, con- these two companies, um, it's going to be, the first one is Ikea. Um, New Street, Street coming. Exactly. <laughs> uh, probably every single person listening to this podcast, potentially right now, yeah. has an IKEA product somewhere within their house. They either do know it or don't know it, and you know exactly how easy it is to put things together and how fun it is to put things together. And uh, another company that I'm a big fan of because they always release these like really cool videos is Boston Dynamics, Boston Robotics. Oh, they do some uh, sick. They're gonna mm-hmm. end the world though. You know. Uh, that, that, we, that's a whole conversation <laughs> for another time. When we're talking about <laughs> robots and robotics. But um, Boston Dynamics uh, <laughs> essentially create these uh, robots that can kind of walk, and they're kind of building up to having, I guess, a very humanoid-like robot. They've created a, a dog, which yeah. has been uh, kind of sold to people for a lot of money at the moment. Yeah. But um, as technology progresses, hopefully that price will come down, um, and you can have this dog do a number of kind of simple tricks you can have it uh, store water and liquids and stuff like this but i think that there is a way by which both of these companies can come together to create a self-assembling tool Mm. by which you have this flat pack um and in everyone's house they have a little box and this box will be ronnie the robot for example (laughs) um so whenever you bring your flat packs in you'll have ronnie the robot come and create uh, a number of different options for you to select. Oh, how would you like your cupboards to look today? And each week, if you wanted something different, if you wanted to switch up your house, you just ask Ronnie, you say, hey, Ronnie, come on. Ronnie, Ikea needs a fix up um, and create a new structure in your house. Sometimes you want to shake up your room. Sometimes you want to shake up your life. Imagine if you have a robot that can do it for you whilst you're out walking your dog. That's ridiculous. And I don't even know if we should post this because Boston Robotics, they're going to hear this and they're going to be like, we need to make that right now. Wow. So we're going to, just so you know, Boston Robotics, we know you're listening. We've trademarked that idea. We've cop- we patented it, actually. We've already got initial designs made. So watch yourself. Yep. Because that idea was splendid and Ethan's already made it. So watch mm. yourself, Boston. But no, that's a really good idea. That's What um, what would be the first thing you would have it do? Uh, you know what? Probably move this room around. I, I wish we could cut our table in half. And I feel like this, this robot has to be able to do that. So like, like cut our table in half, yeah. give it different levels, give it a, maybe a, the walls like a lick of paint. Yeah. I'm, I'm now expanding its scope to just be able to do everything. It's just like a house. Hey, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, they can do it. Yeah, I believe in it. Yeah. Um, and create some softness to yeah. our sound. Yeah, yeah. Because this is definitely a harsh sounding uh, room for sure with the glass tables and the wooden floor. Yeah. Um, well, 
something like that. Yeah. The, the, the real answer is I'd probably just get it to beatbox or do some silly stuff before it actually does anything practical. You know, like when you had, when, when we first had Siri and it was like, hey Siri, tell me a joke. <laughs> Nobody was like, hey Siri, what is the temperature outside? Nobody no. was like, hey Siri, call my mum. It was always, it was always just like, hey Siri, what's something dumb? And I oh, see Siri's answering me now. <laughs> and also guys, check out that bottom robotics video of the, the, the kind of dog like thing climbing over. They've got a new one. Oh, wow. They've got a new one with, which does like backflips and it does like what? a whole obstacle course. Um, also watch the bloopers for that because it's hilarious. Oh, it falls over as well. Yeah, it just it like slips on the side. <laughs> it is brilliant. There's a vine, I think, of, of, of an old Boston Robotics dog and it like slips up on a banana yeah. and then it goes to a clip of, they ask you if you're fine and you're not fine, but you kind of pretend like you're... It's just great. It's great time. It's really, really great time. Um, yeah, I, I really like that idea. Hmm. What have we, we spoken about today? Pardon? So we have today, we've discussed... Uh, I can't remember, so let me just re- re- retrace our steps. And we've discussed, would you rather be the number one athlete in the world or would you rather be the number one performer in the world? You said uh, to be the number one athlete because you want to step into that room and tell everyone you own them. want to be the very best. That no one ever was. Uh, I said I'd like to be a, a performer. So I can. So we, I think we both decided we want to help shape the world through yes. our levels of performance. We then discussed gentrification, destroying our sense of community, humanity, and societal identity. I think we both discovered that we were socialists. <laughs> really. <laughs> well, at the very least, against gentrification it's in, sure. this, in its current iteration. That's for sure. And listen out for a, another episode down the line when we discuss more on that topic, I think. And finally, which companies would we collab with? I went for Uniqlo, Seek Discomfort, and Nike and Lego. And you went for? I went for IKEA plus Robo- Boston Robotics. Yeah. And uh, this is definitely an advert for the, the new Ikea store coming to Oxford Street. Uh, hey, I'm going to cut this out because we didn't get sponsored for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to get us, I'm trying to get us early early sponsorship for promotion. Just by saying their name, that's enough. They want me to say it, I would never have to cut some checks. We need to get some free tables and we need to get some free robots. Boston Robotics, we're looking at you. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been a fantastic episode. I've had a great time. Ethan? Fantastic. I, we hope you guys at home have had a great time. Wherever you're doing, wherever you are, Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. And we'll catch you next time. We are over and out. out.